Welcome to The Conversation, a podcast about educational technology, learning sciences, and instructional design. Today we are revisiting universal design and looking at how we can incorporate that into instructional design in general. We're also thinking about different ways to think about understanding. But first, I'd like to introduce you to my guest for this episode. Please tell us a little bit about yourselves. Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Xuemeng Piao. My undergraduate major is Japanese uh, education, and after graduation, I used to teach Japanese for three years. And now my major here is education technology. So hello, everyone. My name is Wendy, and I'm currently a student now, and I come from Taiwan. So actually, I studied the same subject, educational technology, in undergraduate. So I come here to study the same. Just want to know about what's the difference in America in Taiwan. Thank you both for being on the podcast. It's really great to have students who were educated in other parts of the world join us, so that we can have a better understanding of what learning is like and what might be the similarities and differences. So this week we read about the six facets of understanding from the Understanding by Design reading, and I wanted to start with that and to see if you have any questions.、Uh, yes.、Uh... When I was reading, I was confused about explain and interpret because the translation of these two words have same meaning in Chinese, but in English there are some difference between these two words, and I learned from these readings. I want to share some my understanding of these two words. Explanation,、uh, students can provide sophisticated explanation of theories to. Expand upon events, actions, and ideas, and they are able to provide、um, thorough and justifiable accounts of phenomenon facts. And its understanding revealed through performances and products that clearly and explain how things work or what it looks like. And the learners will reveal an understanding of things,、um, perhaps by. An experience or lesson by the teacher and the concept or their performance before. So, when they are able to transfer their knowledge into the situations that provide a useful framework and telling evidence to support claims, and I think supporting our opinions is very important when we are learning, because we need to explain why our answer is correct. So. We need to supply support for our opinion. So that's explanation. Yes, and interpretation. In this level, I think students can identify meanings、um, in what they have learned through interpretation, narrations, and translations. And students are able to relate to their life or things happening around them. So, for example, students can translate out the words, but Doesn't grasp the meaning of English sentence, but it doesn't mean that the students are not be able to interpret. In my understanding, the students should know the meaning of an English sentence and also be able to narrate by using their own words. So, in teaching language, by my experience, improving interpretation skill is very significant. And it will improve with a strong educational background because it's not just translate the meaning of the words. You may need to practice every day by、uh, watching videos or read books. You need to know about the cultures also. 
That is interesting when you point out that both explanation and interpretation are translated into the same phrase in Chinese. That would make it very confusing to understand. Do you think you know the difference now? No, I just learned from this reading what's the explanation and what is interpretation. Well, that's good. What about the other facets of understanding? Yes, I have questions because I'm、um, a language teacher. So, how I can use、um, empathy to assess my students' learning? Empathy requires not only that you can understand each other's situation, but also that you can deepen into the situation and experience the emotions. So you may feel a bit of thinking in others' angles, but not at all. Then are these thoughts? So the empathy also needs you to start from the situation of others to think and feel the choices you can make, rather than simply knowing the situation. I see empathy being important in language education in at least two ways. More generally, I would say that empathy is a big part of universal design. The idea of universal design is for the teacher to see things from the student's point of view and to be able to decide whether students have equal access to how they want to access the content and how they want to express their understanding. So that's empathy, but that's more from the teacher's point of view. With regards to empathy and language education, I would say that language and culture are intimately connected, and if you're learning a language for the first time. Sometimes it's important to understand the other culture and not just understand grammatical structures. So I think you mentioned you know Japanese. Yes. From what I understand of Japanese, I learned it briefly. There's a whole system of hierarchy, and who you talk to and what words you use are highly dependent on the person's status. And so that would require a lot of empathy from the learner's part because. At least in English, there is not a similar comparison, and so you would really need to see things from the point of view of Japanese culture. And I would say that would be a big way that empathy plays a part. So, but that's a good question.、Um, do you have any other questions with regards to the six facets of understanding? I have one more question. So, how do you compare the six facets of understanding and Bloom's taxonomy? Because、um, I think the six facets facets of understanding are most comparable to、um, Bloom's taxonomy at the cognitive domain level, because、um, both models used to describe the stage. And the big difference between these two models, I think, that's a really good question. I actually have a slide that asks a similar question about having you compare the different. Models and frameworks that we've been using. So, this is right in line with that. For me, looking at Bloom's taxonomy and then comparing it to the six facets of understanding, my take on it would be that Bloom's taxonomy talks about the entire range of potential learning activities that we find in the classroom, or even not just the classroom anywhere. And he starts with the lowest level with remembering, which is. When you just start with basic facts and you're not necessarily connecting it to a context or a specific situation, and the six facets of understanding starts probably at least at the second level of Bloom's taxonomy, which is called understanding. 
So I would say that is how they would match up. In other words, the lowest level of Bloom's taxonomy remembering is not even one of the facets. And the rest of the facets could be found in different levels, possibly depending on what the activity is. So there might be some overlap. And so I don't, I don't think there's a one-to-one correspondence after that. But I do think that to get to the six levels, or the six facets rather, you are already at a somewhat higher level in Bloom's taxonomy. At first, I have the same same thought about they can compare together because the uh, the labels and the first stage and the second stage that mm-hmm. I reckon maybe they are the like the relevance. And my thinking another one is the last reading we uh, use about the authenticity text. I'm thinking maybe they have the similar things in the facts of understanding. I think it's also important to remember that the facets of understanding don't differentiate between what is better than the other. They are all just kind of equally important in terms of being part of understanding, whereas Bloom's taxonomy typically does involve a hierarchy so that if you are only doing remembering and understanding you're, and not doing any of the higher level work like evaluating and creating, then your unit is probably not meeting those higher level goals. So and that's important to point out that those, the difference is that one is a hierarchy or at least layered while the six facets isn't layered in the same way. Do you think the activities or the units we design need to be as close as possible to the six facts of understanding? I think that would have to depend on your unit. I would have trouble trying to fit in all six facets into a single unit. I think maybe over the course of a year, you might be able to include some in different units, but I don't think any single unit needs or is even desirable for it to have all six facets. And actually, one of the questions I was going to ask, or I will ask on VoiceThread, is whether you think some facets are more important in your content area. Or even if they all apply, maybe are there, do you think there are some facets that don't apply to your content area? I'd be interested to know what your peers have to say. Because I, uh, when I think in this question, I reckon self-knowledge and empathy are often irrelevant when trying to prove that students understand many, like the mathematical concepts. Therefore, mm-hmm. the faculty of understanding represents a set of frameworks or standards for designing teaching plans and assessments to promote more effective understanding of assessments. <laughs> That's actually another question that I have on VoiceThread next week, is there empathy in math. And I'm not a math person, so I don't know the answer to that. I would be interested to see what your peers, especially the ones who teach math, whether they think that empathy as it is defined in the reading has a role in mathematics. I also no, have no idea about how to use empathy to um, assess students' learning, but uh, you said self-knowledge. I think it's important because students um, demonstrate a wisdom in knowing their personal style and habits of mind both uh, shape or impede our own understanding. And the are aware of what they don't understand and why understanding is um, so hard. 
So they are able to see the difference between their perspective and others and self-knowledge to find out their misunderstandings. And I think the self-knowledge is a key facet of understanding. Yeah, and self-knowledge, if you recall, is a big part of metacognition, which we've been reading about in some of the earlier weeks. And I was wondering, looking back at where you went to school in China and Taiwan, how did these six facets of understanding come into play? I think it depends on different classes. When I was learning math in my math class, my teacher used explanation as facet of understanding to access our learning, I think. We was asked to explain and justify our thinking as we solved the math problems and make connections. So when we do the math problem, it's not just use a formula. You need to connect um, some formulas together and solve the problem. And you need to explain why the answer is correct, how you use different formula or why each formula in this problem works. And actually, it helps me a lot and I also improve a lot. And I was an undergraduate because my major is Japanese and how to use new language to communicate, um, which is the main task in learning language. So I remember my professor asked me to um, narrate by using our own words, for example. Um, In each unit, there is a long story and a situational conversation. So we need to use our understanding to interpret the content. And my professor used interpret to assess our learning, which is very effective. And sometimes it's hard to memorize the whole paragraph, but we should know the content and we should have ability to use our own words to summarize it or express the main idea. So at the end of each unit, we had to interpret and it helps me improving my speaking skills. This was Japanese? Yes, which is Japanese. So what did you have to memorize? You need to memorize the whole story. Word for word or just like the general story? A general story. Okay, okay. Yeah. What about you, Wendy? Can you say a little bit about what your experience in school in Taiwan was like? I think because of my major education technologies, so some of the courses will be fit like the safe facts and most of them like the they have uh, hit on the four points. So um, I remember that um, uh, in my undergraduate, I have the final projects and we need to uh, cooperate with the, some of the manufacturers to help them to make training materials for digital education and training. So mm-hmm. actually at that time, I, don't, I didn't know that we use this concept inside my project. <laughs> so I, at first we determine the big thing with the material and, and then determine the small thing and based on each small topic, determine what their objective is and then uh, decide how to measure which is the assignments, what level the student or the new employee will reach. So designing an uh, activity is the next step. So through which explanation and activities um, I think at this part is important to communicate with the partnership which technology they prefer and design, what information they want to express 
to their new employee that can allow um, employee to reach the teaching assessment from teaching goals. So I think this like the fits like the um, explanation, interpretation, and uh, I think the most point is the application. Yeah, it sounds like application was really important in what you just said, but also perspective maybe because you said you needed to listen to what other people need. Do you think this class, the one we're taking now, has so far re- achieved the six facets of understanding at different points during the semester? The questions on the voice thread, I think, is like um, explanation and interpretation because uh, before we answer these questions, we need to read the articles carefully. And first thing is we need to familiar with that articles. Um, and when we answer the question, sometimes we need to explain it by our experience or lessons we learned before. Just as in our class, there many uh, math teachers, they use their personal experience and connect with the content. So when I was listening to their answer, I can understand the concepts more clearly. And for the application, I think we also use it a lot. For example, there are some questions about which do you want to use in your class. And a few weeks ago, I learned about universal design for learning guidelines. And we, I think uh, about how we use some of this uh, in our learning. I think the project of Future School and UNED plan, in my understanding and perspective, I think it helps to think uh, the importance or significance of the idea. So we need to able to see the whole things we learn in the semester. And when we, when I'm going to design my unit plan, I step back and ask, think how important it is it and how does it idea enable us to do something. For empathy, I don't really know so far as achieved facet understanding during this semester. So how do you design our class by using empathy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just agreed um, her points about the first one and the second one, that explanation uh, is present on our voice thread and assignments. And the second and the third one point is interpretation application because we sometimes, just like Chen said, we need to give our own opinions or example to verify whether they confirm to these theories. And the four points, the perspective, so we will have the practical goal based on the standard constantly self-assessing then self-handling effects. In general, explanation, interpretation, and application are probably the easiest to design the unit around because they're very straightforward. I agree with you, Xiemeng, that the future school was trying to get perspective or trying to touch on this facet of understanding because it's asking when you write about the future school to imagine what the future school will be like and not answer it based on what you think it should be like, but based on what it might be like based on what we know about technology and what it's doing now. I think that's actually one of the harder things because it's hard to gain the dispassionate perspective. And empathy, I would say empathy would be done in two ways. 
One is when you listen to one another's comments, hopefully you're gaining empathy when you listen to a peer talk about what their experiences are like when they're teaching. That's why I ask you to listen to as many comments as you can, because the more people you listen to, the more likely you are to be able to see things from another point of view. And especially if someone has a different point of view, to gain both empathy and also to get some larger perspective. But I would say empathy is also a big part of universal design, which you mentioned earlier. Because the whole idea of universal design, and not even just universal design, but like good instructional design in general, is that you're looking at the lesson from the point of view of the student. And the idea of universal design is that when you design a unit, you're trying to think about how different students might access the material and how they can demonstrate their understanding. So I think I would say empathy is actually a big part of universal design, but also just instructional design in general, that you're not overly focused on just the standard, but you're also making sure that students are able to, that you have the right sequence of activities for students to achieve those goals. So that would require empathy. In the universal design reading, they talked about the gorilla video again. Why do you think this study keeps popping up? I think this is the second time it popped up. I think um, gorilla video shows the selective attention, so which shows how by focusing too intently on a thing, so we block out other information. Uh, we select what we wish to pay attention to and ignore other information where we go out looking for information to confirm the beliefs we already hold. And I remember I have read before that sometimes we want to believe we are right because we don't want to change our belief or our thinking. So, for example, the teachers um, who don't have sufficient experiences are so focused on recognizing the bad behavior and paying attention to it that unexpected um, good behavior becomes invisible. This can lead to an inaccurate view of the class abilities and actual behavior. And another example is that in the use of lesson planning, many novice teachers just adhere strictly to their lesson plan. They spend more time focusing on moving the lesson along at the, play, at the pace that has been dictated by the lesson. So they fail to recognize when students may have benefits from having more time with an activity or when the activity is not working at all and should be uh, dumped. And it's also related to the sixth facet of understanding. So it may help teachers to design their class and focus for all things, I think. Yeah, I think that covers it. For me, there are two main reasons why the gorilla video keeps coming up. One is just that it's a really interesting study. It's almost hard to believe. And if you've seen the video, you can really be surprised by how it's possible for people to be so focused on the counting that they completely miss someone dressed in a gorilla suit walk across the screen. But more importantly, it's to show that just because you have something in front of the students, just because you expose them to something or have them read about something, it's not enough for them to really know the information or really understand it. You really need 
to work more with the students because of the inattentive blindness that the writers wrote about, that sometimes they don't see what is in front of them. You know, we talked about the conceptual framework that experts have, and that really is learning is to help students develop these conceptual frameworks so that they are able to see. And that is a big part of what learning is to to kind of have that way of seeing the world in a way as a scientist, as a, you know, as a historian, as whatever it is you're teaching. So about the UDL reading, what was something important that you took from the reading? I learned universal design for learning provides the opportunity for all students to access and participate in the class and the progress in the general education curriculum by reducing barriers to instruction. And actually, I was confused and curious about how design class. Based on my own experience, it's hard for me to imagine how and what the solutions we can use as an educator. So I can ensure all students learning better. So this week reading, I learned when planning a lesson or unit, consider the key questions to ensure that the environment is flexible and inclusive of all students. For example, think about how learners will engage with class. Teachers should keep in mind that such as does the lesson provide options that engage and interest all learners. Or think about how information is presented to the learners such as does the information provide options that help our learners reach higher levels of comprehension and understanding. So these theories are easily to remember, but I know it's hard for educators when they are designing their lesson. But the guideline shows us the way that we can pay attention and do our efforts of it. So educators will achieve the goal of providing the opportunity for our students. To me, the important point that I took from the reading is educators can communicate with students about their goals for the day based on the goals set at the beginning of the course. So according to like our classroom goals, you can decide which materials and methods are best for your students. So in order to allow students to have a diverse and flexible use of teaching materials and learning environments, during the design of UDL. So each student uses different learning methods and participants participates in learning according to their own learning paths. So in such a flexible adjustment of the learning environment, I think students can achieve effective learning. So furthermore, educators must be able to help students think about the meaning of what they have learned from the perspective of subject matter and also give students the opportunity to apply this knowledge, they should be able to encourage students to acquire knowledge in multiple ways while creating different learning opportunities and allowing students to assess these expertise from different levels. Moreover, teachers should support students to accept their responsibilities in learning and helping students understand why they are learning and let students have opportunities to reflect on their learning process and learning outcomes. So this can also help students internalize knowledge and become why, what they have learned and no longer treat the knowledge that the teacher gives them as a bunch of useless information. Yeah, that's ideal. It's a, it's not easy to do that, is it? <laughs> I mean, I think all of these, um, the different things we've read are providing us with like an ideal situation or like 
ideally we should be able to do this, but they're not easy to do. Like even looking at the key questions, there's so much work to go into making sure that each of those things are done. And I don't think it's necessarily possible to do all of them. Maybe it's something you can build towards. Do you have any other questions on either of the readings? Maybe some your ideas or your minds about the reading of the six facets. Yeah. I really like this reading because I never really thought of understanding having these different facets. And I think it's helpful to realize that understanding is not one dimensional and that depending on the topic, all of these are important. Knowing these different facets also helps teachers design better lessons in terms of knowing that understanding something is not as simple as just knowing the basic facts, but being able to use them. And I think that's what all these different facets try to do. That's why I think, just going back to your earlier question, that's why I think they all reach somewhat higher levels of Bloom's taxonomy because they're not asking you to just repeat something or memorize something, but asking you to use it in some way, either through explaining it, interpreting it, applying it, or you know, gaining perspective or showing empathy or showing self-knowledge. So I think I like that's what I like about the six facets because it also makes sure that you're not stuck with the basic level of Bloom's taxonomy, which is the easiest to assess. That was why I asked you to do the hands-on assignment where you compare the technology with Bloom's taxonomy and the SAMR model and to see if you're able to use those frameworks to analyze a technology and find out whether it is reaching the higher levels of Bloom's taxonomy. And some of them don't. You know, the ones that are, that are really good at assessing, remembering, and facts, those are easier to design and they're typically not very effective teaching tools. Those are not very high, in my opinion, not very high in Bloom's taxonomy, but they're the most common. So hopefully when you design your units, you will find technologies that would be high in Bloom's taxonomy and achieve the different facets of understanding, which is not easy. None of this is easy. (laughs) Okay. I think that wraps up our episode. Next week, we'll be reading more about understanding by design. I want to thank you both for being here today. Thank you. And I wish you a great weekend. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.